like if you were bullish in 2017, if you were bullish in 2021, you should be over the moon bullish right now. And so like to me, I'm like, I'm just so excited for the next wave because it's it's just gonna, there's, there's so many great practical applications and it's getting easier for people to get involved and importantly, safer for people to set up an account and secure an account and all of it's just, I'm just so thrilled and excited just to be witnessing this. And I just, cause I, I have this conviction deep to my core that the world will run on blockchains and like, all right, give it five years, 10 years, 20 years. It, it's, we're gonna look back on this time and be like, holy crap, we were here then. It's, it's exciting to me. Welcome to the NFT Now podcast your go-to source to succeed in the fast-moving world of Web3. I'm Matt Medved. Each week, we interview visionary creators, builders, and collectors, so you can stay up to date on the most important trends and tactics for the internet's next frontier. GM, GM, and welcome back to the NFT Now podcast. I'm Matt Medved. And today's guest is Zeneca, a builder, content creator, and thought leader in the Web3 space. He is the founder of Zen Academy, a community platform for education about NFTs and Web3, as well as his curated 333 Club community. Zeneca is launching his first PFP project entitled Denizens of Zen Academy, and I'm very excited to learn more about what's in the works. If you haven't already, I want to encourage you to join our free weekly newsletter, at nftnow.com slash newsletter. Each week, we distill everything happening in the space into actionable insights straight to your inbox. Without any further ado, let's get into it with Zeneca. Zeneca on the NFT Now podcast. So happy to have you, man. How's it going? Oh, it's going great. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Big, big fan of you. Big fan of you guys. It's yeah, it's an honor to be here. That's awesome, man. Well, we're, we're also a fan of you and love, love everything you do to contribute to the space. I know there's a ton to get into, but let's set the stage. Like, let's hear a little about the backstory. Like, how did you get into Web3? Yeah, so, I mean, my backstory is I was a professional poker player for 15 years. That's like, that's my entire, that's all I did. I went from high school to poker. And then I like, I dabbled in crypto in like 2017, like a lot of people, but it was really like, I just had my money on exchanges. I was trading, fun when number goes up and then it crashed. And I was like, ah, that was a fun experiment. And uh, <laughs> let's go back to real life. And then, um, but early 2021 is like, obviously the bull market's taking off again. And I come back in and I had some friends telling me about, you know, crypto and DeFi and NFT. And I was like, there's stuff now. You can actually do stuff on Ethereum. You, there's applications. And DeFi really blew my mind. I saw it and I was like, this is, why is everyone in the world not talking about this? And then, um, yeah, I just fell down the rabbit hole and I'm honestly still falling and just got obsessed pretty significantly in early 2021. And it was, boy, that was a crazy year, huh? <laughs> Such a crazy year. Like when I think back on it, it feels like a different era, honestly. Yeah. And it felt like a decade as well. Like that was just ridiculous how long that year seemed to drag on. A hundred percent. I would say like Web3, weeks or months, months or years, like your, your sense of time is warped because there's just so much happening. Yeah. But, and, and you, you did a lot, you've done a lot as well. Like you launched the Zen Academy, was it November 21? Yep, November 21, which is crazy because I got into the space in like February, March. Like how the hell did I launch something? that? Like, what, what, is, <laughs> what was I thinking? Um, who did I think I was? It was like, I don't know, I look back in a retrospect and I'm like, that's crazy. What, what, what? But um, yeah, it, like you said, a month is a year. It, it, it felt like a long time in the space. And uh, we launched in November 2021. That's amazing. For, for those who may not be as familiar, just tell us a little bit like what is the Zen Academy? And like what was kind of your vision behind starting it? 
Yeah. So um, I was doing a lot of trading in 2021, but then like halfway through June-ish, I started creating content. So a newsletter, writing long Twitter threads, and it just kind of all blew up. And I think a, a huge part of that obviously was bull market, right place, right time, and very few other people creating NFT content. Like I'm sure you guys know when you were starting, I was like, it was easier to grow then than it is now. Now there's a lot of creators and credit to them that they're amazing creators now. But um, anyway, that all started like blowing up and I realized, hey, I love this. Like I enjoy creating content. I like writing. I like educating. It's fulfilling. It's rewarding. Um, how can I do this sort of full-time? Like I don't want to be trading anymore. I don't want to go back to poker. And then you think of like the traditional models for monetizing as a content creator, as a writer, there's like Patreon, there's uh, sponsors, there's affiliate links. And I was like, you know what? I'm all in on NFTs. I'm going to sell an NFT that acts as like a membership token and that's going to be it. And we'll have royalties forever and everyone will be happy and it'll work. And uh, obviously that didn't quite pan out that way, but um, you know, it, it, it was an experiment. And I, I said so much from day one, I said, you know what? This is what I want to do. Um, I don't know. I don't have a roadmap. I don't have a plan. If you like my content, if you like what I'm putting out there, if you've learned something from me, if you want to be along this journey with me, mint a token. It was like 0.033 ETH, so relatively affordable at the time. Um, and a few thousand people did, and we've spent the last two years like figuring it out and creating courses and um, putting out newsletters and uh, yeah, just generally trying to educate people. That's the the entire thesis of our community. Is I mean it's there in the name academy it's all about like creating educational content and then like helping it was originally like newcomers learn but now we have like people launching their own projects and just like really helping people uh, along in this space i love that you know i've always felt like there were certain like parallels in, in like values between like what we're trying to do with nft now you know we're all about empowering creators and and, and also bringing this from niche to mainstream and education is such an important part of that and i love seeing everything you've done to really create resources there and, and help um, help people enter the space. I, I know that there's the, the Zen Academy, there's also the 333 Club. So tell us a little bit about kind of like the balance there or what the difference is. So. Yeah, so I mean, these were two collections launched at the same time. So effectively like two different tiers of membership, the Zen Academy Genesis token, which is like, you know, the, the 0.033 ETH mint price, it was an open edition actually for a couple of weeks. And that was like the accessible anyone basic entry into the ecosystem. And then I have the 333 Club where at the time I was doing a bunch of advising and consulting and I was getting hit up all the time. It was bull market mania. Yeah. And a lot of people were like, hey, can you be an advisor? I want to hop on a call. And I was like, I just, I just can't. There's not enough hours in the day. This is, doesn't make sense. But then again, I thought, let's experiment. What if I sold an NFT that act, acted as a way to like give up um, almost like a portion of my time and, and a way to create a community of people who wanted access to my time to, for me to be an advisor to them or if they had a project and they were looking for my input, buy the token and I'll make my calendar available, you know, X hours a week to hang out with the community. And then a community around that would form. And I thought, you know, people would help each other out and there'd be builders. And that's basically what happened. Like we've got a wonderful group of people in there that, you know, still a lot of people from day one, but, you know, people have joined and left over the last two years. Um, and every, every week I'll, you know, on Tuesdays, I, I block out a bunch of, bunch of time and I'll meet with my community half an hour calls. to, you know, if they have a project, I'll give them my two cents or if they need to be you know, they want some connections or advice or just to chat and catch up. It's like, it's just, I, I really treasure the 333 Club because it's it's just so different to like, I mean, you, you can just do things with a community of 300-ish than you can't with like a 10K project or something like that, for instance. Makes total sense. What have, what have been sort of like the biggest lessons you've learned along the way of like building these kind of, these two sort of separate, but also like inter, interlinked communities? <laughs> oh my God. Oh, the lessons I've learned, the mistakes I've made. <laughs> 
Honestly, so many. Um, like if I could do it again, I would probably not have launched both at the same time because it's really difficult to sort of run two distinct, obviously connected and correlated, but like distinct communities at the same time and give each, like even today, it, it always feels like I'm like having to put more attention on one at the detriment of the other. And like, I absolutely love both the community in both because no one ever is upset about it. Like if, if I'm, I've been a little more absent in the three through three the last few months, cause we've got the PFP coming out for the, the full Academy and not, not one person complained or was upset. They just, they, they understand that we're in this for the long, long haul, which I, I really love, love our community. Um, but I probably would have like done that a little differently and staggered the launches. Um, I think we probably went through a phase where um, it, it's kind of ironic and paradoxical where I, I didn't really hire people for too long. So like it, for too long, it was just me. And then we scaled too quickly. And then I got like too many people on board and we just became a little bit, and like my background, again, poker player, I'd never run a company. It's my first company. I'd never worked for a company. I'd never been in an environment with coworkers or, you know, bosses or being a boss or any of that. So I was learning as I was going. Meanwhile, we're scaling and, you know, we have all of a sudden team calls with a dozen people on it. And I'm like, what the hell, how did we, what? And like amazing people, love them all, very talented, but it was just like, I got in over my head. And so I'd probably, we were talking about this before we hopped on, but like be a little more, you know, cautious and and, and just you can scale methodically and, and be more, more lean and, and mindful and cognizant of that. Um, and then like, again, like probably treasury management is another thing where, you know, I, I was a bit naive thinking royalties would last a little longer than they did um and and didn't quite plan out the business model and, and left too much money in eth and all that kind of stuff but we're making it work you, you live and learn absolutely it's always a learning process and uh you know especially with some of those things like royalties and the like like you know it, 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 it those things were hard to foresee considering like the, the space we walked into and, and and started building in um let's let's dive into denizens because i know there's a lot of excitement in in your community uh around this this is this is your first pfp project um, tell us a little bit about what it is and, and why you decided that, that now was the right time and, and this was the right way. Yeah. So, I mean, why PFPs is, is a really good question that everyone should be answering um, or asking when anyone's launching a PFP collection, even in 2021, let alone now. Um, so when I first launched Zen Academy, I was like extremely intentional about not doing PFPs because everyone was doing it at the time. This is peak bull November, 2021. Uh, and at that time I was like, there's way too many PFPs. We don't need another PFP project. Obviously we've had a billion more come out since then and now. So like what kind of changed? And, and to me it was now we have a community. We already have that foundation. We have people that will, that are excited for this PFP and that want to represent the community on social media, in discord, you know, build out the brand with us. And, and be able to identify other community members on, on whatever platform. And so through that lens, it started to make sense to sort of strengthen and enhance our existing community rather than use it as like a mechanism for fundraising and building a community. I think it was, well, we have a community, now let's give them a PFP. And, and we're really, we're doing that. We're not selling it. We're not doing a public sale. There's no, we're not making any money again, perhaps to our detriment, but like it's, it's, burn your previous token get a pfp that's the the mechanism it's like non-dilutive and i think it's you know it's landed well with our community people seem genuinely excited for it i'm excited for it um you know it's we're not like a hype up community or project i doubt we're gonna um you know break the internet or do any of that kind of stuff but that's not who we are or our plans or intentions it's like for our existing community and and yeah it's coming out um 
God, in a week-ish, it's, it's been a long time coming. We've been working on it for, yeah, longer than I thought we would be, but we're here now. And, and the, the reason why we're launching now is it's ready now. <laughs> we would launch when it was ready, whether it was two months ago or two months from now. It, we just wanted to wait till it was ready. I love that. I love that. One thing that I've always appreciated about you is like all, all the moves you make with Zen Academy, they feel very intentional, you know, very thoughtful. Like you, and, and, and I feel it just feels similarly. I'm curious, like, tell us a little bit about the process. Like, how did you identify like the art for it? What's sort of like the vibe and, and the aesthetic? Yeah. I mean, that was a, a journey in and of itself. So we've had um, the, the, the main illustrator of the, the denizens is uh, pondering. He's an artist out of Thailand. He's absolutely amazing. And he drew a bunch of assets for us pr previous to this. He did a great Twitter banner that our community uses. He created like a membership card for the 333 Club. He created like a, Zen, like a whole bunch of other things in our ecosystem. So he was obviously our first port of call and choice. He's a fantastic artist and illustrator. And when I reached out to him, he was like flattered, but not interested. Like he, he had other things going on. He said he didn't want to take on a PFP project. We were like disappointed, but okay, let's, what are our other options? And then we thought about pixel art because I'm a huge sucker for pixel art. I think it's timeless. I think it's, it's fantastic. Um, and so we actually, we were talking to multiple pixel artists. We got mock-ups mock in and, and we're pretty set on going down that path. And then I was like, all right, let me reach out to Pondering one more time. And I'd already done it like two or three times, but like it was like a last Hail Mary attempt. And I remember it was like the week before Christmas in last year. And he just says, okay. And I'm like, well, what? <laughs> You're in? And I was like, yeah, I, I liked it. And I think, I mean, I, I, I haven't asked him his reasons. I probably should at some point. Um, but, you know, the, the bear market got, was raging on. And I think like he saw this as an opportunity to work with, you know, a team that I, I believe he liked and respected and, and to contribute and, and, you know, we were over the moon. So then with him at, at the helm, we were then like, all right, now we, 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 he already had like a bit of a style and distinct, like this magical futuristic colors of purple, our brown colors. Um, and so we set off with him and then we brought in an art director, um, Pixlet, who is also amazing. He has his, his own projects and, and has worked on a bunch of things. And so he and Pondering really worked together to like, figure out the art direction and then, you know, over the course of this year have really honed it and, and made it what it is, which is like humanoid magical characters. Um, definitely with like a student bent to it, but we also wanted to um, have enough, like uh, ha have like a, wi a wide variety of ages represented in the collection. Cause most of our community, like look at me, I'm full of gray hair. And like, so we, we really aged the collection up, but it, it, you look at it and you're like, this is also like a, a school and Academy students was like trying to strike that balance has been, interesting but i i think we've done it i like that a lot and you know i'm sure you have a lot of plans for how the uh the denizens fit into like your overall ecosystem and the like probably some you can talk about some you can't at this stage but like what what, what can you talk about what 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 like how are you thinking about you know sort of how the denizens play into the overall ecosystem of zen academy 333 etc yeah. Um, so we basically were like a membership community with three tiers. So I would say 333 is the, the top premium maximum 333 tokens ever there. Denizens are like the, the middle tier, 10,000 PFPs. Um, they're like members of Zen Academy. They get the same utility that they always have and will in the future, which is you know access to courses I create, discounts to things, newsletters, um, just free educational materials that might otherwise be paid for the general public and, and things like that, which is you know, our way of trying to deliver like tangible value and utility instead of going and paying $200 or $300 for, you know, a 15 hour video course, you can buy our token and get a course for free and, and, and things like that. Um, and then we have a, the, the bottom tier or like 
the more accessible, inclusive tier, we have um, these student IDs, which are the soulbound, um, unlimited supply NFTs that anyone can go to our website now and mint. And that gets you into our ecosystem. It'll get you into our Discord and, you know, you can join our mailing list and you're still very much part of the family. And you don't have to spend, you know, a couple of ETH for a 333 pass or 0.2, I think, is the floor for a, a, a denizen effectively now. Um, anyone can join. So it's breaking it up into like those three tiers will, I think, allow us in the future that, you know, as we, in a world with no royalties, figure out, you know, revenue streams and, and like create courses and, and all that kind of stuff. We can offer like, you know, free to three through three members, heavily discounted if you're a, a denizen and, you know, maybe slightly discounted if, if you have a student ID and things like that. Very cool. And I think that makes sense. Like you talked about, it's sort of like these understanding like community building at different layers, right? Um, how, how do you think about sort of like a, a community like Zen Academy, like what you're building um, in the context of like the next cycle when like, you know, there will be a lot of new entrants to the market, a lot of newcomers, et cetera, who will probably be looking for educational resources? Yeah, I mean, so like a large part of the way our community has grown is because existing members or like just people in the space tell their friends who are getting into the space who want to learn, hey, go to Zen Academy, go check out their resources and the community there because we've built this reputation where people know to like trust us, we'll protect people from as much as is possible, scams and rugs and, you know, we won't take advantage of them. We're not going to drop some hype mint. We're not going to release a meme coin and like it's just generally a safe community where um, people can learn and that, that's like I think in the next cycle as a lot more people come in, hopefully where one of the, you know, now there's many, many, I mean, you've got your own community, which I think is wonderful for helping newcomers and creators to the space. And you know, we need a thousand of communities like this because eventually there's going to be billions, hundreds of millions of people entering. Um, and the more like safe havens and, and communities we have for them, I think it's the better overall. And, and, and we hope to be one of them. And I'm sure that we will be um, whenever that, whenever the next cycle comes. <laughs> A hundred percent. And, and uh, I know we touched on this earlier, but curious your thoughts, like what role do you think PFPs will play in like the market going forward in the next cycle? I know there's like, there are, there's, there's, there's definitely like differences of opinion between people. Some people think PFPs were, you know, something that, you know, has had its moment. Others are like digital identity is not going anywhere and will only be more important. I'm just curious what, how you're thinking about it. I'm very much in the digital identity is, is only going to get more important camp. Um, I mean, people have been using PFPs, avatars, online, like for way before NFTs and crypto. It's just been a thing. Um, obviously, they got sort of a, I think, justifiable bad rep over the last few years where so many projects came out and they scammed, they rocked, they built a house of cards. It was all Ponzinomics. It was a bubble. People got wrecked. Um, but that doesn't, again, like internet in the 90s, full of scams. It doesn't mean the internet was bad. Um, it just meant that bad actors were utilizing the technology in such a way. And I think that, PFPs are such a one, especially for communities, a way to like, you know, increase the, the network effects and surface area and connectability and the, the, the identifiability of, of members of a community. It's like, it's wonderful. It's like, it's, it's in the real world. It's everywhere. People use these visual things to identify whether you wear the same, you know, uniform or jersey for if you're a soccer fan or whatever sports fan, you go, there's colors. It's like, that's all right. These are people from my community. We know, I know that I'm like, to, to me, the goal, and I hope this is how it will work. And, and I think it is because I've already seen it in action where someone has um, Denizen's merch or Zen Academy merch or has a Denizen PFP and they see someone else who does and that their reaction is, oh, that's someone I, I could have a conversation with. I'll probably get along well with them. We have the same values and morals and ethos, and I get it. We're not 
we're probably not, you know, um, 17 year old, you know, gambling, partying, going to nightclubs. That's like, you know, it's great for other communities, but for us, it's like, we tend to be a little older. I think probably thirties is our average age. Um, people are a little like more family orientated learners like reading books and like that culture is something that will spread more with PFPs and yeah, like I'm, I'm bullish PFPs, even if the majority of PFPs out there right now are just probably not going to be existent a decade from now. Yeah, I, I think that's spot on. You think about like, you know, the, it's, it's more of like a signifier of identity and, 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 uh, and, and being a part of a community. Um, it's about what it really represents. Um, you know, I, I also think like when I think about like sort of the content you create, you know, I like words that come to mind are like consistent thoughtful like you're like you're very like you know and and i think i think what you said earlier about um us kind of coming up at a time when there were fewer creators uh in this space is like a really interesting dynamic and you know now that it is a bit it's a bit of a different game now there are so many creators now you have like x like with creator monetization and all of that you know twitter spaces like when we when i when i started it was all clubhouse right and so you know i'm curious like how are you thinking about content creation in the current paradigm? And also, like, if you have any, like, tips or advice for, like, new content creators who might be trying to get their start in this new context? Yeah, I, I've put an insane amount of thought into this over the last few months because it is really this, like, new era, this new paradigm. The world is kind of changing around us, and it's, like, keep up or get left behind to a certain extent. Um, and I sort of see, like, two there's, there's more, but like two distinct camps and schools and categories. And, and you, on the one hand, you have the types of people who uh, treat growing an audience and content creation in and of itself as a skill to get better at with tools and strategies and tactics, things like um, how to structure your threads and like how to write a hook to get people to read the next one. And then asking people to bookmark and like and retweet and follow you and go to your newsletter and like that systemized approach to content creation. And like, how do you find your content? We'll look at other creators and t- get your inspiration and have a system and a, a, a spreadsheet and all that kind of stuff. And that's amazing. That works. And a, a lot of people have used it to great and, and to deliver value as well. I've tried and it's just not me. And so in the other camp, I think you have like the more, I want to say like genuine and authentic and organic where it's like, you still, you still want somewhat of an assist, a system and a plan to like build an audience, grow an audience and create content, but it's a little more, you have to find your own voice and then deliver value and, and in whatever way that you can to people in a way that they might appreciate. And some people appreciate the, like the structured lists and things like that, but some people just want to hear like raw, honest truth from someone who has experience founding a project. And like, that's what people might come to me for. Um, or others might just want to laugh and there's people out there that are just posting jokes all the time. That's great for them. But I think no matter which path you take, being your genuine self and finding your own voice is going to be increasingly important because I already see it now on X um, and even with newsletters. While the the space has grown and there's like 10X the amount of content creators now, so much of it is just the same stuff rehashed and, you know, re- and it's like, all right, are you really stand? Yes, you have your brand colors and you have your PFP and are you really standing out that much and figure out how you can be unique and give something to offer that, that no one else can. And we are all unique humans and you just have to, again, be yourself. And, and this is going from someone who, who went down the path of trying to do the other way. I, I was like, all right, let me, I even signed up for online courses from like, you know, 
Justin Welsh and big creators and like, all right, let me see how they do it and create a systemized approach and do all this. And I was like, it's just not me. And like, it, it doesn't work. So like, I'm going to go back to what I've always done and, and I think and hope it'll work out long-term and it'll be, be a bit more sustainable for me at least. So my advice is just like, be genuine. doesn't mean you can't improve and learn and, and come up with systems and processes that will improve you, but don't lose yourself in the process. Yeah, I think that's really spot on advice. I'm, I'm curious, like, as you think about this sort of this paradigm where there are a lot of creators kind of doing the same things, right? There are a lot of like the thread guys, you know, and I don't mean yeah. him particularly, I just mean the, yeah. the thread ors or whatever, you yeah. know what I mean? Ironically, like, thread guy like, is like not a thread or like the others. That's yeah. right. <laughs> I, I tease him about that. I'm like, yo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but like, but, but there is a bit of a formula, right? Like you mm-hmm. said, and it's a certain things work and all that. Like, I'm curious, like, what, what do you think the space needs from a content perspective? Like, what do you think we're currently missing? Or what do you think there might be like a lane that's not being like, that's not really being occupied right now? Or like, you know, like, what, what, where do you feel like there may be, um, you know, there may be room for opportunity? Yeah, that's a really good question. And a tricky one to answer, I think, on the spot. To, to me, it's, it's like, what is there not in the space? And what can you deliver to fill a gap? Or what can you do that? is out there, but do a better version of it. And again, it comes back to like, what are your skills? What are your experiences? What is your background? Um, And how can you like adopt that to the web three space and impart wisdom, advice, knowledge, um, whatever, in a way that that helps others. Um, Like something that I don't think exists. I sort of have part of this in like my content, but like, more of a focus on like the mental side of this space. Like, you know, there's a lot of people creating content on the news and the floor prices and, you know, the changes to the X algorithm or um, how to grow a newsletter or all this kind of stuff. And, and a lot of the creators will occasionally post about, Hey, take breaks and burnout is real and don't avoid this stuff and like be mindful on that. But I'm yet to really see, um, at least not that I've seen to my recollection of like a really successful brand in the web three space built about like mindfulness and well-being and, and all that. And again, like I, I try and do some of it, but it would be cool to see someone build their entire thing about that with guides and tips and like all that kind of stuff who also is like also a DJ and gets the culture and is not like an outsider coming in and try, cause that won't work, but like someone who gets web three and crypto and like what we're in, but also can really actually help people see the the importance of breaks and that kind of stuff yeah no that that ties really neatly into where i was just going to ask you about which is like i think some of my favorite content you, you've created are the ones that address some of those elements like um the ones where you kind of dive into like the fomo and like the the the, the feelings that you're gonna feel just by being an active market participant in this space yeah. you know you're never gonna sell the top and you're never gonna buy the bottom and you're always gonna feel terrible about that in some <laughs> regard. And like, you know, these like mental games they play with each other. Yeah. You know, the like your I thought your your thread or or it was a post on, you know, things to know if you're gonna like trade meme coins was like super spot on. It's like you are exit liquidity, period. Like like it's true. And and so I I'm curious, like, you know, um, a lot of people compare these markets to a casino and you are obviously, you know, you, you were a poker player, you know, prior to, to entering Web3. Like, I'm curious, like, how has that experience, do you think, characterized or like colored like your, your experience with the Web3 market and perhaps like prepared you or like or given you insight into how to navigate this space? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, it really is like a casino. There's Most people in the space are gambling one way or another. And, and I see people all the time who clearly have, unfortunately, gambling problems. And, and they're, they're, maybe they don't think of it as that because it's crypto or NFTs and not like the casino or lottery or whatever it is. Um, for me personally, the background in gambling has, I think, saved and prepared me tremendously for this space because I, I've spent 15 years like making and losing lots of money in short periods of time. And like mentally, I've like, I've, I've found ways to deal with those kind of swings and not take it too seriously, um, as well as put together strategies to like manage a bankroll and to, to not do silly things and to not succumb to uh, addiction and the gambling addiction and things like that and not chase my losses and all that kind of stuff that, you know, people who might come from a like more traditional background or even, you know, be like an 18 year old who doesn't have that much life experience. It's so easy to get on the wrong path in this space, which is, is it's such a brutal space. And I, I genuinely don't encourage too many people to enter and splash around with money. I'm like, come in and learn, soak up, knowledge and and you can do so much without like trying to speculate and just like buy and hold if that's most people should never trade anything they should just buy and hold and so yeah for, for me i was fortunate but i think a lot of others unfortunately haven't been that fortunate i sent fortunate a lot in a row there but there you go yeah ab absolutely like and it, it, we are in such an interesting and like you said i'd say in some ways quite brutal market dynamic currently with the blur farming kind of pushing down prices across the board you know the the fact that we are you know um in a, in a deep in a deep bear market where there is not a lot of new liquidity coming to the table there's not a lot of like retail you know entering the space and the like like what are your thoughts about like where we are in the current market cycle uh, where things are going and how like NFTs will play uh, a role in that future. Yeah, I mean, I have no idea where we are in the market cycle. I think, you know, looking back at like four year cycles and all that stuff that you can say, okay, maybe like 2024, 2025, things will turn around and that's when the bull will come. Past performance is no guarantee of future, yada, yada, yada. It's so, like, who knows if it'll play out that way. Um, to me, the most important thing is survival. And just like, you know, it, do what you got to do to like not lose all your money, to not leave the space and totally give up and and stay mentally sane. And and for me, for most people, I think that's not trading. That's not trying to play with fire in this market. And it's just like spend some time meeting people, connecting, learning about the technology and what's coming up and like keeping an eye on it so that, you know, when things do seem to like they're taking off again, then you can maybe get a little more interested and invested um, and take advantage of that if that's if that's your goal. Um, and, and in terms of like crypto versus NFTs, I think, I mean, jury's still out on so much of it. I think a lot of the NFT projects, like everyone's been saying since 2021, 99.9% .9 are going to zero and will die, but you got to find the diamonds in the rough. You got to like find, and to me, like it's art. Art is the, like the shining example where artists like PFP projects, people are crying and bleeding. There's art projects that are like up and doing well. And it's like, it's, it's, it's about where you decide to, the grass is greener where you water it, right? Like. And so like go find where the, the 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 joy is in the space, which to me is in art, and then hang out there and learn about that. And and I think I think those people will probably do all right long term. I love that. And and to dig into that a little bit more, I wonder like, are there any like is there like a set of like principles that you kind of keep in mind for how you navigate the space? I know like for me, for example, one thing I always like tell myself is like 
never make a decision from a place of FOMO. It's easier yeah. said than done. But like I, if I feel myself like trying to chase that thing, I usually rein myself in sometimes to my detriment, you know, but oftentimes yeah. it, it, it turns out to be the right, I say more often than not, it turns out to be the right call. Um, I'm curious, like if you have some of those like kind of axioms that you, that you live by. I don't really, but I should. Um, <laughs> so I, I, like lately it's just like, don't trade, don't buy, don't just, because I, back in 2021, when I was doing it more actively, I was like all in on the space and all day. Now I'm like running a company, creating content. I don't like, so if I see something like I'm, I'm usually the, I'm mean, really, am. I'm the exit liquidity. Now, if I'm buying something, it's because like all the people in the like alpha discords already founded and I'm, I'm their exit liquidity. So for me, it's just like pick a lane and like focus on that. Don't try and do too many things at once. Um, not FOMOing is, is really good advice in general. And I, and I think that everyone should probably adhere easier said than done, but like, just sleep on it. Like, you know, it, which is difficult in this space because, oh, you sleep and then, oh shit, it's 10 X overnight. But you know, people remember that and they don't remember the times they sleep and the thing went to zero and they just put it out of their mind and forgotten about it. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what, what is inspiring you about the space right now? Like what are some of like the silver linings of the bull, of the, of the bear market? What are the things that you're seeing if it's an innovation or if it's things on the, on the art side? Yeah. I mean, art is, is always inspiring to me, but like the thing that was really like, making me pay attention and really happy is just like how good the technology is getting. Like Ethereum has never been better. Like it's just, it's scaling and we have layer twos coming out and optimistic rollups and ZK rollups and um, sharding. And, and like, it's just, it's amazing. It's like, it's just better than it's ever been. We have ERC 6551 and 4337 and account abstract, like all of these improvements, like Ethereum has literally never been better. Yeah. Prices are kind of down and not doing much, but, the actual, like, if you were bullish in 2017, if you were bullish in 2021, you should be over the moon bullish right now. And so, like, to me, I'm like, I'm just so excited for the next wave because it's it's just going to, there's, there's so many great practical applications and it's getting easier for people to get involved and, importantly, safer for people to set up an account and secure an account. And all of it's just, I'm just so thrilled and excited just to be witnessing this. And I just, because I, I have this conviction deep to my core that the world will run on blockchains and like all right give it five years 10 years 20 years it, it's we're going to look back on this time and be like holy crap we were here then it's it's exciting to me 100 percent. I, I keep telling people i'm like never forget like we're living through a digital renaissance like we are going to look back on it it's going to feel really really obvious but like yes. when you're in it it's sometimes, sometimes yes. it's hard to see the forest from the trees right yeah 100 percent. 100 percent. 100 percent. i love that um we'll look like I know obviously you got, you got Denizens launching, but um, what else can you tell us about like future plans, things you have coming, anything that's in the works that we should keep an eye out for? Yeah, I mean, so Denizens is the big one coming out and uh, probably revealing next week. Um, the way to get one is, again, it's only for our existing community, no public launch. So if you go to, you have to pick up a token on a secondary market. We have Zen chests, which is the best way. There'll be a direct one-to-one -one burn, pick up a chest, burn it, get a Denizen. Um, and then on what's coming in the future is like more courses, more contents. I'm working on a personal branding course. And cause I think that that's something a lot of people want. We're in the creator economy world, how to like build a personal brand and that, that, that can be valuable. Um, and then yeah, just, just more content. So yeah, which I, I, I love doing. We do too. Well, Zedeka, love, love what you do. Uh, wishing you the best of luck with everything on the Denizens launch and excited to see, um, everything come to fruition. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. And, and yeah, I uh, love all that you're doing as well. The feeling is very, very mutual. I've admired you from um, afar for a while. And now it's great to like have a proper conversation. It's been, been a little while.
Likewise, man. We'll have to continue the conversation soon. Um, until then, uh, take care, best of luck, and thank you for, for joining us on the NFT Now podcast, man. Thank you. As always, a great conversation with Seneca. Uh, I loved his perspective on the market dynamics, you know, given his experience as a former poker player. I love the emphasis that he places on education and bringing new people into the space in a safe way. Uh, and I share his belief in the bright future of digital identity. So I'm looking forward to seeing how the Denizens project continues to evolve. Uh, and I'm always happy to, to see him cross my timeline and always excited to read his content and his commentary. If you enjoyed today's conversation, I want to encourage you to go to your podcast provider of choice and leave us a review. We love the stars, we love the feedback, and the more that we hear from you, the more that our Sir content gets surfaced to others. NFT Now is excited to debut the Gateway Korea from September 6th to 8th in Seoul, Korea, in partnership with FactBlock as one of the main events of Korea Blockchain Week. The activation will include an immersive audiovisual gallery, partner activations, and tons of amazing fireside chats, keynote speakers, and the like. So if you'll be in Seoul, I want to encourage you to request an invite at nftnow.com slash gateway dash Korea. Thank you again for tuning in, and we will see you again next week on the NFT Now podcast.